There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. I meet Ian Morris trying to compensate for the delay by hitting the beat, but I'll never do it. You'll never do it because there's a few second millisecond latency. Yeah, but I tried to go early we to hit the beat. Ah, uh, well, we talked about this last week and it wasn't interesting then. And it isn't interesting now either. Um, but uh, we just had a fascinating pre-show discussion about the energy efficiency of tube-based... That was fascinating, but my latency conversation isn't. How no. dare you? No. Um, so thanks to everyone who indulged us uh, for, 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 for that. You can join us and listen live, uh, of course, if you wish to have those kinds of conversations in your life. Um, however... We are going to talk about more news-based things this week because The Guardian has written that the Gloucester-based bookseller The Book Depository is going to close this month. And uh, what's the tech angle, you asked? Well, I'm glad you asked, listener. Um, the tech angle is is, is twofold. The, the first fold is that there wasn't a lot we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, and second fold is that the company was owned or is owned and has been owned by Amazon since 2011. It was set up oh. to rival Amazon itself in 2004. Do you remember 2004, Ian? Not well, Nate, to be honest. No. I mean, that's, that, is, that predates our relationship, doesn't it? So By two years, yeah. I mean, it was a good year for heavy metal. Uh, uh, was it? Dream, yep. Dream Theater's Live at Budokan. Probably one of the best live albums ever recorded by any band ever. If you ever. happen to like live albums, which personally Even if, I don't. Even if you don't, the, the, the production quality is, a, is a staggering and the length and breadth of the set was, was fantastic. Uh, and also Germany's finest, Necrophagist, of course, released uh, Epitaph, which is, um, again, a, a triumph in modern technical death metal. Anyway, The Guardian, <laughs> the Guardian continues. <laughs> it really, <laughs> really is a great album, honestly. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll never listen to it. So Amazon announced it had decided to eliminate a number of positions across its devices and books businesses and that that basically spelt the end of the book depository, which is a shame because it was a massive repository of books. It was a marketplace seller officially, even though it was owned by Amazon. Um, according to trade magazine The Bookseller, there is no ambiguity in what that trade publication <laughs> stands for uh, an email yeah. sent out to vendors and publishing partners said it was going to close the book depository that is uh, the last date customers will be able to place orders is the 26th of april over the coming weeks we'll complete a winding down of the business including discontinuing our listings as a marketplace seller and closing our website it said and that's not i looked into this it's not because people are buying fewer books there was another guardian story that i looked up not by clicking on a link in the first story i went and did separate research and just happened to find a story on the guardian uh from about this time last year that said more than 212 million print books were sold in the uk uh a year earlier that's a now, lot that's the highest figure in a decade 
That's, and that's enough to sink a battleship, I reckon. It may well be. And that's just print books. Uh, so that's not the issue. Um, no, this is tied to the broader uh, issue of, well, I mean, it's not even just Amazon making massive cuts at the moment to save money. It's, I mean, all these tech companies um, are. Um, it's not the only thing Amazon's shut as well. Because no. it's killed DP Review as well. It has. And I know you're very, and that's for, for, for pornography fans, that's uh, about, <laughs> it's about cameras uh, that Amazon owned, which is a real shame. Uh, we knew in November the company was going to cut things in books and devices. Um, we know that it's made cuts in video games. I think it cut about 100 people recently in um, in the games division. Twitch, which Amazon owns, also laid off a bunch of people. And we know that it closed some physical bookstores to focus on, on groceries. So that's all a way of saying that uh, this is part of a broader move. But I do think that it's quite significant and and quite telling and in a way i want to say sad but amazon started life as selling books and then this there was a guy who worked at amazon i think it was who started the book depository and he left amazon and he went started up this rival company in 2004 uh, to sell books and then amazon presumably several years later said oh you've done a very good job at rivaling us now so we'll, we'll buy you thanks very much um, and Amazon is still selling books. But now, I mean, Amazon's doing pharmaceuticals. It's making TV shows. Um, if you go on the homepage of Amazon, you'd be forgiven thinking it's basically only an electronics store. Browse a bit more deeply and you're like, OK, it's a fashion retailer, but it's also where you can buy home goods. Um, you could easily think that it wasn't actually a place that had its root in books and that's fair enough and maybe the reality is that if amazon is less and less a go-to destination for books then that's better for other outlets now i don't think that's the case but clearly the interest in books is still there well i Um, I mean i yeah i just don't think that anyone thinks of amazon as a book retailer anymore i mean books it sells i don't think for a minute that's the first port of call for book people to go to i mean you'd rather go to a retailer wouldn't you and know that you're getting more money to the author i mean it's convenient you'd like that that. but i still think the majority of people who who shop online when they think of books they still go to amazon Uh, yes i mean i can't dispute that with any evidence so yeah why Mm. not let's go for it um Mm. frustrating though because you know authors need to be compensated for their exceptionally hard work writing a book i've never written a book it's very daunting um, yes, and I've you know, seen... writing things down is sort of well. It certainly was my job. I've, I, I mean, I've sat and watched a wife write write a book, uh, yeah. write a book, and more to the point, I've in my own home sat and watched my wife uh, writing a book. Um, that was a little joke there, Ian. Yeah, I got a, yeah. You did uh... okay, staring at other people's wives in coffee shops. Yeah. Um, but I, so I, cause I heard, I've had this theory about Amazon. which is that Amazon wants to move away from things where it has to hold stock. And I believe this has been Amazon's strategy for years um, where, you know, if if it can if it can have other people um, have stock and it can just redirect customers, but basically capture the customers and have someone else send it out. That's great. But that broke down when Amazon started saying, well, we'll fulfill those deliveries um, itself but if you look at where all the money's going into you know things like amazon prime 
services and um mm. digital streaming and kindle ebooks and audible and things like a lot of that stuff doesn't require stock it only requires servers and a lot of the places that yep. it's pulled out of in the uh, you know physically have been um have been things where you have to keep a lot of stock for a long time potentially in preference for things that have a faster turnover like food so yeah you know and, but, I, and also where they're not actually warehousing it anyway yeah they're getting someone else to do that morrison's mm. mostly in this country yeah so, so it's, yes it's, i mean you could be right you could be right on that and it uh, i mean it, i think it's a i think it's a shame i don't think i'm going to be sort of you know saying anything cutting edge here when i say that it's disappointing that amazon buys things and then shuts them down um i i know um i, I noticed when they shut dp review um the owner of slash dot said we'll buy it if you don't want it oh they wouldn't sell uh, it would they oh no they wouldn't sell it because why would they it's their proprietary thing they'd rather shut it and remove it from the internet losing that incredible resource of information yeah historical data that cannot be re easily re reworked you know there is no way to redo that unless you already have detailed reviews of cameras where you've done proper testing it's gone it'll be gone forever i mean sure it might be on the internet archive but we all know that's not the world's fastest uh service and a lot of stuff tends to break you might be able to find articles but ultimately it's gone and that and that's uh, heartbreaking because it's a lot of human endeavor that went into it. It's um, arguably a, a class leading testing site. And I think, you know, Amazon could have got some money for it. But I mean, what's the point of shutting it and not doing anything with it? Like those staff aren't staying on. So you might as well turn that into some sort of a return on the investment. You know, they've sure they've had a return on the investment for years because it's been driving affiliate revenue. But, you know, to to shut it down and, you know, do nothing with it, I think is criminal. Well, bringing it I mean, it's to... not literally criminal. There's no law against it. I just want to be quite clear about that. Yeah, it's it's metaphorically a criminal act. Well, it doesn't really work, does it? To, to figuratively, no. To figuratively <laughs> bring it back to book depository, I wanted yes. to. I wanted to see how much this would impact me. Uh, benchmark of one, and it turns out that by searching my email archive, which for 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 archive fans dates back to 1999, um, I Indeed. have ordered a total of one books that came from the book depository. It was oh, how, a, this is why a, they've gone they folded Nate because you didn't buy a, a second book it was in 2014 the book was a history of Japan uh, and I bought it when I lived in Ealing for that is the delivery address that appeared in my email receipt so I won't be affected I don't believe and also I very rarely buy print books um, anymore because I buy audiobooks constantly almost and uh, as I said before, that uh, that doesn't require stock. Not in the same no, way. It doesn't. But, well, I don't know. Hopefully something will rise like a phoenix from the ashes and um, set up a bookstore. I don't know if that's something that's within Phoenix's abilities. No, also Phoenixes don't exist. Fine, oh. Fini. Yes, if you must. Thank you. I must. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna let that one go because I imagine that is a Latin word. Um, if you want to learn more about Amazon, you should go and read uh, 
the everything store by my boss brad stone um in case he listens uh i don't think he does i mean i don't wish to be dismissive but Mm-hmm. Well, Luna in our live chat says, I still prefer to go in a good bookshop and browse. I agree, except I went into the Waterstones and Piccadilly a few years ago and managed to get one of the staffers there to agree that the way bookshops are set up do not work for people who are used to browsing online. Because I went in wanting to buy a book about Japanese history. In fact, it may even have been around the same time because I was at Wired. And... Um, and they said well we have travel books i said well i don't necessarily want a travel book uh, it might be history oh that'd be in the history section yeah but i i'm not i'm not mm, i'm not sure and they they agreed that actually not being able to walk into a bookshop and type japan and see all the potential books that it has across the genres and writing styles uh, was actually a disservice to their their customers no sorry kind of phenai it's greek oh that's a shame <laughs> That's a that's a great shame. Well, well, let us know if you are a phoenix and you have ris- risen from the ashes and you wish to tell us something, do send us an email, hello at uktechshow.com or um well, that, no that's that's the only uh, that's the only choice. Nate, Virgin mm. Media suffered what can only be described as a catastrophic outage on its network last week. Nate knows about this because I he had me on his telephone complaining in text form. Oh, he, he uh, did. He really <laughs> de- did. Details about what caused the problem uh, at around 1am Tuesday morning uh, from Virgin were, as always, sketchy in that they'd said nothing of any use to anyone. Many customers, me included, were annoyed about that because Mm. it's just so classic virgin uh hundreds of thousands of people potentially suffering and not a word from their twitter which was besieged mate by angry customers who were struggling to use the internet the problem wasn't the connection to virgin's network itself but something clearly more central Uh, one must always blame dns for these failures because it's almost always dns that is to blame Mm. Uh, that's the beating heart of the internet taking those domain names and translating them to lovely IP addresses and a failure in this system can, of course, cause massive problems uh, or, in some cases, no problems at all because you might be using a completely different uh, DNS setup like Cloudflare or Google. Uh, I don't know what happened in this case because I, by the time I'd started work at 9am, it had cleared up um, only then to burp on Tuesday afternoon and the BBC reports that 50,000 people submitted faults to Down Detector, which is a phenomenal amount of people complaining, given that Down Detector is not exactly what I'd call a mainstream site. No. And, you know, like probably not that many people follow it on Twitter, which is one of the main ways you report to them. You retweet the tweet if you're having the same problem. Uh, you can also go on the website and press a button, which I guess some people did. But I think that percentage is pretty high. Um, it's also worth noting that Ofcom's recently increased the amount of conversation customers are entitled to, but not in this case, because you have to be offline for two days. Uh, the, the new amount is £9.33 a day, up mm. from £8.40, but it's useless, because it wasn't long enough for any compo in this case. 
Uh, in real terms, I guess the outage wasn't actually severe enough to see home workers inconvenienced that badly. It was modest, but people up early with their kids trying to stream Peppa Pig would have been in for a disappointment. I did go on the Cloudflare website now. You, you might have some yeah. thoughts on this. Do you want to s- deliver some thoughts and then I'll tell you what Cloudflare had to say about it? Yeah, I just thought it was interesting that it's significant enough um, for us to to spend half a podcast talking about, but not quite significant for Ofcom to think it's even worth £20 worth of conversation. But please continue. Well, I, that's, I mean, I, I would argue that point as well. Given that prices have just gone up from this month as well, because, you know, there is a, a retail price index increase that enables them to bump their prices up quite significantly, I believe. In fact, significantly enough for them to give people an opt-out if they wanted to mm. leave for A early. 13% price hike, and not just Virgin, but to you know pretty much yeah. all companies that provide services per month like this. I mean, it's disgusting. I hate it. But what can I do about it? Well, I can't do anything about it because those price rises will be everywhere, and I'm not in the mood for switching from what is usually a fairly stable internet connection um to something that's an unknown quantity and i was warned by the previous owner of this house that adsl or fiber around here is a disgrace which i believe um so realistically i'm a bit of a trapped boy a a, a stuck lad um yeah anyway cloudflare did more reporting on this than virgin um hasn't it said uh, virgin media hasn't released uh, the root cause of the disruptions but um, uh, it, it has looked at BGP. BGP is a mechanism to exchange routing information between networks on the internet. The big routers that make up the internet that make the internet work have huge, constantly updated lists of possible routes that can be used to deliver each network packet to its final destination. Without BGP, internet routers wouldn't know what to do, and the internet wouldn't exist. So they seem to think that it was something to do with this that the BGP announcements from the NTL hardware, it is still NTL apparently, um, were basically non-existent during this period. Um, so there's a graph on the site and it, it shows that it was um, there were lots of problems basically. So it seems that if you want to know what's going on with Virgin, you pop over to Cloudflare and they'll just have an answer. And uh, BGP, for people not familiar, is Border Gateway Protocol. Yes, they it's didn't like a- actually say that, although they do have an explainer on their site. Do they? I just thought I would explain it. Uh, no, it's very kind of you because I didn't and you oh. and you did and that was good. So I don't know really. I mean, I do find it particularly frustrating that Virgin never says anything or explains what it's going to do to prevent it from happening in the future. Like, I feel like when you have an, an issue like this, customers deserve to know that there's some process in place to prevent it from happening again and not ideally twice on the same day. Uh, no, it's it's problematic. And I used to have this problem quite a lot when I was with Virgin. I will point out that I um, had no such problems because I'm on GigaClear. Yes, and that's lovely for you. But lots of us can't get an alternative fiber provider. Now, I mm. will say this, and this has been something that's been on my mind quite a bit recently. I do think that these little local fiber providers are going to really give Virgin a run for its money because they're a lot cheaper they provide much faster speeds including symmetrical upload yeah um i think as they roll out they're going to have no end of customers switching from virgin well because let's be honest virgin tv is not anything to particularly write home about i would say that i agree but the problem is is that they've got to expand 
so quickly to capture enough customers that it's that they can recoup that investment well they do but they are doing it and it's not it's mm. not just one or two places there you know every region in the country now seems to have one of these sort of local companies dealing with this so it is happening Hmm. True, but I see, oh, I see what you mean. You mean on a on a kind of on a yeah, on a, not on a local level, not as yeah, a yeah, exactly. Oh, I see, and that's yeah. going to be the answer. It's going it's going to be back to you know what what originally the cable network in the UK looked like, where there were a number of different providers, and as time went on, they got more and more swallowed up by NTL and um, Telewest mm. until NTL and Telewest merged, and there was only Virgin. So you know, it, it's it's one of those things. I think that. As those small networks, you know, build, they'll they'll develop quite a nice local offering. It'll be cheaper to maintain, I guess. It'll, you know, the responsiveness to that failures will be quicker. Um, and people will be getting much better speeds for much less money. I mean, you're talking, what, 20, 30 quid for gigabit. It says a lot that the yeah. Virgin product is fifty or sixty pounds. Well, my and is no have, better. In fact, much worse. I have I have gigabit here, but I pay about fifty quid a month. That's really pretty decent that's that's sort of i mean yeah. i'm paying 30 something yeah for it, it double, it's, it's, it's like half that if you get half the speed but, but it's it's something like 50 pounds and i get one gig up and down simultaneously yeah i mean I, I'd, I'd pay 50 quid for that what i wouldn't do mm. is pay virgin 50 quid for 30 megs up and a gigabit down like that's just not good enough so that's that's one of the reasons I haven't carried on upgrading because it was there was a time and as you know that I would just autom- and you would do the same would just automatically go for the best possible package because there's something very de- delightful about downloading things at high speed um yeah. even if it's largely unnecessary for most people but I feel like these these fiber providers until they all get bought by Virgin and rolled into that network I feel like um it, it, it that could be a nice option for people although i will say also as i always say those fiber providers are actually providing fiber virgin is not no mine is fiber into my house yes mine is fiber into a cabinet three miles away Mm. and and a chonky coax to my door you're right about the options being there i mean i'm on gigaclear nick in our live chat says he's on city fiber uh, my brother up in Scotland is on Hyperoptic. There are a lot of options here, and they are, as you say, uh, growing in number. And there yep. are quite a lot of rural ones as well. I mean, OpenReach is still, you know, it's plugging it's plugging away. And in fact, my mum's got fibre to the premises. Um, oh, good to- please. Why am I the only one that doesn't have it? And she lives in a place where there are more cows than people. Um, and uh, she's got, she's got fibre. And I'll tell you what, it's good. And it gets up to about 900 meg up and down um but not that she gets that package but it's, it's very reliable and, and very good very well priced she used to have a satellite yes. on the side of the side of the house provided by a local company um anyway the other thing and the yeah. other reason I, I i thought we could talk about this is because i feel like internet outages broadband internet outages these days are far less problematic than they used to be because we have smartphones and because many of us can tether our devices that actually even even in the earlier days when you know, we were at cena you know we didn't have you know i remember having a contract a, a mobile contract that had 3g and i had something like 30 megabytes of data a month 
on yeah. my on my account and even when it increased it would only be about a gigabyte and that was when i was having a usb dongle plugged in the side of my mac and it was still only a one one gigabyte whereas now we can we can tether an entire house if needed yeah i mean look i get what you're saying but again i will point out that that's not the case everywhere i and my mobile reception's okay i wouldn't say it's record breaking or anything i'm still only getting 3g 4g sorry here uh, on both my work and my home and my personal phone oh, it's like you're um, a cave person it is like that isn't it but i've i've had a look online it is it's too isn't it that was going to be that's going to provide to me eventually 25 pounds a month 900 megabits per second symmetrical bloody then heck. 29 pounds a month after that 18 month contract so less than 30 quid for basically gigabit up yes. and down yes i mean i, I can't making... tell you if that's no a money. loss making that is no they'll be losing money on that because the build cost alone will be more than a year's contract probably but they're, no, they're definitely 100 but, but when you offer someone a deal like that when you offer them something that's good for the money you will have their loyal custom for many many years they're well, probably banking have... on people never switching and which they probably won't if it's good You'll also have the fiber having been built into the premises for future people as well. Yes. Which is part of the investment. Yeah. And they don't care. They've got investment from some nameless venture capitalist. It doesn't matter to them, does it? Um, so, yeah, 25 quid a month. I cannot wait. If anyone who wow. works at Tube is listening to this, please drop us an email and please tell me what I can expect to get this because I want it now. I expect um, I expect a person in a hard hat and a shovel at 9am <laughs> tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. Not 9.30, uh, I mean, 9. I did, I did wonder, want, once think about this. I thought, I wonder if, you know, the, the chairman of BT wanted better internet, whether they would just sort of plug it in for him. I bet, I bet they would. I, I'm not important though, so... I can't see why they'd go out of their way unless they wanted like some positive um, comments on this podcast, which they would mm. get because I'd be very pleased with a nearly a gigabit service for 25 quid a month. It's not bad, is it? Not bad. No in-contract price rises, Nate. Well, we'll leave that there. Free installation, unlimited usage, no line rental. Maybe we'll leave it here instead. Um, Ian wanted to squeeze in a little ad there for Tube, um, apparently. Well, it's not much use to anyone unless you live in Aldershot, Blackwater, Cabley. No, I'm not reading the list out. Go on. Break, no. Play your sting. Um, just wanted to point out that if you'd like to email us, you can do so at hello at uktechshow.com. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you, patrons, for supporting us at uktechshow.com. No, that's the email address at patreon.com forward slash uktechshow. We wouldn't be here without you, it's fair to nah. say. And uh, if you haven't led, uh, left us a review recently, free listeners, uh, that is the best way you can support us um, without being a patron. Just go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or... I think they've all done it now, though. That's the problem. Well, do it again. You can't. Yes. Unless you really. Oh. Well, once you've reviewed something, it's like you either have to delete, well, you know, change the score, which we really don't want to encourage, mm. unless they're going from four stars to five, which I find difficult to believe. We've been doing this so long now. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, and that, well, but yeah, right, you know, do do review us if you haven't. That'd go be lovely. And, go and get somebody else to listen to the show, and then and then force them uh, to to leave a review. 
that would be very helpful. Thank you in advance uh, for that. Uh, if you are a patron, though, you're about to hear our third discussion story. And brace yourself, people. I'm going to do the impossible, and I'm going to try and justify why I have, yes, subscribed to Twitter Blue. <laughs> Not only did I successfully justify just now um, why I subscribed to Twitter Blue. I it mean, was partially successful. Wasn't it? Uh, I also explained <laughs> quite a lot about my recent trouble uh, crashing American food ordering systems by having the audacity to ask for something without cheese on it. Um, so I hope you all uh, greatly enjoyed that. Um, I would like to flag that we have a very good friend of the show. His name's Tom Merritt. He produces Daily Tech News Show every day of the week, uh, at least in some form. And um, he's going to tell us what we could be listening to if we go and check out the archive this week, he says, trying to press play on the file and failing miserably because of a bloody cookie pop-up. Yes, I accept cookies. Obviously, I accept cookies. This week on Daily Tech News Show, why tech has not increased productivity since 2005, but why that's about to change. Google adds, then removes a cap on the number of files you can store in Google Drive. Why Nintendo is cooling on mobile and whether its strategy can survive the world of cloud gaming. A city mayor threatens to sue ChatGPT for defamation. And Tim Stevens gives us the scoop on alternative fuels. Turns out hydrogen may yet have a future. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. He's not wrong. Okay, would you like to do the outro? I mean, yeah, it. sure. I mean, well, I, I, I've run out of things to say. That's the problem with doing a podcast. By the end of it, you've said it all. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 